there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Nathan Fox, I'm one of the co-founders of LSATdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. With me is Tasha Holtman. Tasha is a uh, demon tutor and teacher. Uh, how you doing, Tasha? I'm great, how are you? Just fine, thanks. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you find us? How'd you end up as part of the demon family? Yeah. So I had been contemplating going to law school for a, n- a number of years and had uh, studied without much success uh-huh. with the, the Kaplan books and had sort of dismissed the idea eventually be, um, because I was so frustrated with my LSAT score. Yeah. But when the, when the pandemic hit, I started to, to rethink my plans and after after contemplating PhDs, JDs, MPHs, et cetera, I realized that I really wanted to give um, the LSAT another go. And yep. I started looking for effective, affordable programs online and I and came across the demon. Cool. And how long did you study with us? What were you scoring? What did you end up scoring? Yeah. So when I first started, um, I was scoring around a in the mid mid to high 160s. Yep. And eventually, uh, after studying with the demon for four months, I scored a 178 on the August test. Amazing. Cool. And you're in the middle of applications right now. Yes. I just submitted my third application and I have 11 more ready to go out tomorrow. Wow. Excellent. Okay. Beautiful. All right. We have an email in front of us. Um, do you want to go ahead and read it? It's in the chat for us. Ben and Nathan. I've taken your advice and opted out of responding to the optional, where else have you applied question, but I'm noticing the same schools are requiring an essay with the prompt of why redacted law school. This seems like a very lawyerly way to ask the same question, and I'd like your opinion on how to approach it. I'm answering honest, or if answering honestly, I would reply with one sentence that reads, because I want to know what the exchange rate between 170 LSAT bucks and your law school dollars are, but I doubt that this will resonate uh, with many admissions departments. Should I swallow my pride and kiss the ring of these schools or is there a way to play a little more coy that may be more effective? Thank you so much for your help along this journey. I will always think back on this past year of applying as the first year of law school. Feel free to use my name, Mike. That's awful nice of Mike. Uh, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. Your your year of LSAT prep or and applications being your first year of law school. Uh, I do think that's a smart way of thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, so mean, you're in the middle of applications, Tasha. What do you think about this? The questions that say why our law school. Have you encountered those in your own applications that you've been working on? I have, and I've written every single one. I've been thinking of it as an opportunity to really look at the programs and to talk about how those resonate with my specific experiences, looking at the clinics offered and the faculty. I would say that while across the board, there's a number of factors that are pretty much uniform, it's really a chance for you to articulate how your interests align with the law school. And of course, this may be somewhat similar, but I would, yeah, I would use it as essentially as a, as you say, suck up. So are you seeing, are these one-off questions or is it just in the personal statement prompt? No, as the, the optional essays. 
optional essays. Okay. So if that is in fact, what we're talking about here are optional essays, you have an option not to respond, right? Okay. Are you, but you're, are you actually responding to each of these? Yes. Um, I've written almost every single optional essay because I think you want, you want to make them feel like you really want to come to their law school. Like if they say, if they admit you that you're going to come, you're going to increase their numbers. And I think that especially with somewhere like Berkeley, which requires this extra long personal statement, you can tell they really want you to prove that you want to come. So even if it's not your first choice, you want to make them think they are. Okay. And I think Yale 250 is obviously the same situation, right? Like you're, you're probably just not getting into Yale if you don't answer that 250 word additional essay. Well, that one's mandatory. Oh, that the Yale 250 is mandatory. Yeah. Okay. I see. All right. I, that maybe it used to be optional. Okay, cool. So I guess your advice for Mike is to, yeah, learn as much as you can about the school and go ahead and write a thoughtful response. You are just kind of kissing their ass a little bit. But. Yeah, and every so often you will discover something that's um, particularly interesting about that school. For instance, when I was writing my Why Berkeley, I discovered their student-led projects, which allow you to actually get involved in the legal community during your first year, which is pretty pretty much unique to them. Great. Um, okay, so that's, an, yeah, I like that aspect of it, Tasha. You know, and for, for Mike, Mike is obviously a little bit... Um, cynical because we are kind of cynical about this whole process. Mike has adopted our cynicism, but maybe Mike, this is an opportunity for you to uh, earnestly learn a little bit more about these schools that you're applying to and, uh, you know, write them a bit of a kiss ass essay about stuff that you've learned about their school that think might be a good fit for your interests and respond genuinely to these essays. I, I agree that I, Mike specifically said, should I be playing coy? And I don't think that you should be playing coy at all. I think that you should be genuinely interested in attending these schools uh, if the price is right. And yeah. um, so you want to write them an essay that, that makes it look like your interests and their interests are aligned. Yeah. And I'm, of course, in a somewhat um, unusual position in that I'm only applying to schools that I would actually be willing to go to. Um, well, I think that that, I, I don't think anybody should ever not do that. I mean, I, sorry, that's triple quadruple negatives. I think everybody should apply to schools that they would genuinely go to. I, I don't really think people should be out there just fishing for scholarship offers at a school that they're not going to go to at all. That's dumb. That's just a waste of everybody's time. You should be able to find schools that you reasonably would go to and apply to those schools and, you know, give them an opportunity to knock your socks off. If they make, you know, you, you don't have to like, Oh, this is every school can't be your dream school. So some of the schools are going to be like, well, yeah, I'm not so sure that I really want to go to that school, but if the price was right. Okay. Then I think you can apply to that school. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, Tasha, what classes are you teaching uh, at the LSAT demon these days? How, how are those so, going? Um, currently I'm just subbing. Oh, okay, but, got it. But I recently, I recently subbed for for Tanya and LR Foundations, and I yep. I really enjoyed teaching that. Um, yep. I'm hoping at some point in the in the near future to be able to regularly teach either an LR LG or some combination thereof. Um, cool. 
lots of opportunities. We're always tweaking the schedule and looking for people to cover various, you know, weird time slots and stuff. We have multiple live classes seven days a week, and we're trying to offer as broad of a schedule as we possibly can. So yeah, I would just say look for opportunities to fill gaps in the calendar as much as possible. Beautiful. Uh, thanks for coming on. Email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening.